we are back at it again. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. My name is Six. I'm MVP. And our co-host Shoreline, our third man, is currently on a work tour. We talk about the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. Our goal in this is to provide you with that split seconds relief, be it comedic or wisdom uh, gaining. To give you that split moments relief in your day that may just prevent a mishap. For today's topic, it's all about promotions. Specifically, why you didn't get a promotion and why you would want to turn down one. And, and I feel like this one really hits home for both of us because there were times where we felt we deserved a promotion. And we've, we feel like we've hit all the wickets, but we're just not there. We've always, we've always heard that, that kind of velvet knife talk where you were almost there or you're just missing that it or that thing. And yeah, you're missing a crucial aspect of leadership. Well, what aspect am I missing? Well, you haven't led enough meetings. Well, to lead the meetings that we have, you have to be in leadership. So how do I gain experience for something I'm not allowed to attend? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So like that's uh, this reminds me of the the one video I think you sent me. It was about uh, uh, like two guys like arguing with each other. And it goes like, this person is seven years old and he has 10 years of work experience <laughs> or some shit like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Your cousin's nine years old and has 19 years of work experience. Yeah, How like, is that possible? Some, some, I, the I don't know. It doesn't thing. make sense. Well, he, he works multiple jobs. That's how he gets the experience. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I know. I know for me, I've, I think a lot in my career, I haven't been considered for promotions. Um, Due to uh, maybe immaturity, and I say this as a, I, I, I clown around too much or I joke around too much. I like to have fun at work, I like a good joke. I like talking shit. Um, but subsequently, I think that has also hindered me uh, as I'm looked at as not professional enough or I don't conduct myself in a strict 100% all the time professional manner. Um, and I, I can't do that. Um, that's not me. Eventually, maybe my my knowledge base and skill set will be enough. Um, but I have to clown around and work. If I if I have to show up and be serious all day long, I will walk into a spinning propeller. <clears throat> it, it's yeah. going to happen. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I, I just can't do it. It's not it's not worth me showing up. We spend so much of our lives in a job that if you like, nobody likes going to work every day, right? And take that back. Maybe there's some that like going to work, but we all have those days where we're like, you know, F this job. Um, but there are little silver linings. It's not totally F this job. It's like F this one particular aspect of my job, but the rest is okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it also, it can depend on the setting too. Like uh, if you're in an area that has like zero tolerance for mistakes, then yeah, I can understand being one hundred percent serious all the time, and and I've been in scenarios where that where everyone's expected to walk a very thin line between serious and joking, and sometimes you get so serious that you don't know how to turn it off, and it you start spiraling like everything in your life starts to become to that 
that that thin line of seriousness and it affects every everything else like you can't uh talk to people the the how you used to you can't see things the way you used to because you're so tense and uptight and yeah you lose what it is being a human having a conversation right uh, when you walk into the room and you suck the life out of the room um you know that's that's a problem to me it's a problem maybe some others don't see that my boss um but you know like if you walk in and you see people ca- having a conversation or laughing or hey hey i got a question on this what do you guys think oh and we're we're talking it out but the minute you walk in it turns like crickets like th- to me that would go why why didn't everybody stop talking why you know yeah you know, and- what's what's going on here Right. And I can I can kind of see that as well as being counterproductive to what you want from a leader because you definitely want someone who can build a team from scratch regardless if they like each other or they they kind of sort of hate each other. But if they have skills that complement that's going to get the task done, you you want to be able to have them at least cohere enough to accomplish the task. And I think some of it comes with just having that interpersonal uh, skill, like say having a sense of humor or being able to talk to anybody and everybody or just be able to read the room. Like this is the time to be serious. This is the time to laugh or this is the time to make that lame dad joke or whatever the case may be because sometimes the room just needs it. And if you're just like 100% serious all the time, every time, 100% business, straight to paper or paper to action, yeah, a lot of stuff gets missed, and then you just turn into like this this, this stoic, non personal, non approachable uh, manager, I guess, right? Because we're not even saying leader no more. We're starting to say like just this manager. You're just managing assets at this point, and no one's gonna be quick to tell you stuff because you're just that person who would, without a second thought, throw them under the bus. And when we start talking about like being. Uh, promotions especially like executive level like managers and up there's like unwritten rules as to how to get that and what i mean is like you got to be able to network a certain way you have to be able to carry yourself a certain way and what mvp was saying like you got to be able to have a sense of humor but know how and when to turn it on and off and like like reading the room for instance like reading a room full of people this is not the time to joke around or you're reading a room this is not the time to be serious and vice versa, like you go out to the floor, that's when you that's when you can do X, Y, Z. It's all about being able to relate to both the subject matter and the people that are doing it. So they're not just wanting to slap their face against a, a rotating prop. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And there's there's always that what like it's going back about the unspoken rules. There's always like this it factor that every manager that or promoting official says that you either have or don't have and it gets very hard to figure out when they don't provide you feedback like what am i missing it's like well you're just missing it I'm like well, what is it air quote what is it <laughs> yeah i mean it can be certifications it could be your ability to uh public speak right maybe you're you got it all down but you struggle in meetings presenting information it could be personal, your personnel skills or your personable skills. 
Yes. Right. You know, hey, we'd love to have you in a leadership position, but we can't have uh, Oscar the Grouch meeting with the customers. You know. Yes. Yes. And um, I love how you mentioned that with the interpersonal skill, and it could just be something that you're missing because a lot of times we we're guilty of it too. Myself, I'm especially guilty of this. Is you have performance reviews that are A's across the board, like just check mark, check mark, check mark, everything that would just hit the wicket for that promotion announcement or that position that you're trying to get. But then in the midst of those reviews, you're saying like, oh, this person gets the job done. This person uh, delivers on time or he, he or she has the ability to make things happen. But in the mid, but what the reviews don't say is like how you go about doing it. Like it, it, it doesn't fully capture the full essence. And sometimes it never will. Like this person gets uh, glowing reviews or this person gets the job done because he or she is a slave driver or this person just ta- wants nothing to do, nothing to do with anybody except for what's immediately b- needing to happen. And as soon as it's done, they just don't care. And I've seen a whole bunch of leaders like that. Like they're so uh, task focused or they're so project focused. They, they care nothing else outside of that, uh, that gutter line or uh, those bumpers like in a bowling alley, they're just, they don't see anything outside those bumpers. It doesn't exist. And if you're not here to help me in this lane, then I want nothing to do with you. And that can be a good thing as far as getting the job done. But sometimes if you're too much of a, of a standoff or too much of an island in that regard, you kind of come off as a bitch or you kind of come off as an asshole. Like, I'm only working with you because I have to. But as soon as this is done, I could care less. Like, it's all you from there, from then on. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people in way different scenarios that can absolutely relate uh, to that example. <laughs> right. Or, or you know, um, you, you've done the things, right? They say, well, you need a little bit more work. So you've put forth the time, the effort to improve um, whatever skill set it is that you needed to improve. You've received positive feedback in your growth. And yet you're still passed over and you're going what the heck? And what frustrates you the most is that, well, we decided to go with a fresh perspective from outside. Okay, I get that. You want to bring in some new ideas. And then that new leader lasts six months to a year, and then they're gone to a competitor for more money and whatever else. And you're going, well, that was time and money well spent, you know? Yeah. Been here the whole time, working on myself, trying to do it. Um bringing this outsider, I end up having to teach them how to do their job. And then they end up leaving. Cool. So ultimately you might find that, you know, growth requires you to test the market. Yes. See what else is there. And that's sad, right? It's sad that a lot of uh, corporations, and I don't know if they think you're bluffing um, or if it's just, they think you're just, uh, you're just venting or talking trash or whatever the case may be. Um, but oftentimes it's, you almost have to threaten them like, okay, well, I'm going to go over here. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, yes. what can we do? And you're like, well, and nine times out of 10, you're so frustrated by the time you've got to that point that nothing they can counter with would keep you. Cause you go, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay where I'm not valued or you only value me when I choose to walk away. Yes. Um, absolutely yeah and then vice versa uh, kind of sort of a counter to that is 
sometimes they want to bring fresh talent in. And this was the case with you and me in our in one of our previous jobs. They want to bring new talent in because the individuals that they have there right now, they're so uh, used to just being in their box that they don't want to step out of their comfortability line. You know what I mean? Versus uh, versus us or versus whoever the new talent uh, from an external hire. They have they're open to new ideas. They have fresh perspectives. They don't they're not used to how things operate. So in the midst of them learning things, they try to re they try to cut down on things that that are unnecessary or a brand new way of looking at things because that that happens as well. Like sometimes you get an external hire and they're all about sharp elbows, like they're very rough um, and they grill you and they hold you to a T on a timeline or an or an event or a regulation, especially like, say, if you're a line supervisor uh, coming in from a different airline group or whatever the case may be, you're you're not used to how people come in or how people work in that new environment, but you have like this new vision of how you want to run things. And so you kind of bring that new perspective in and kind of give them a, a fresh perspective of what what's different to expect. But at the same time, you're also um, looking at what they have already and see where the gaps are so you can fill it with that fresh perspective. And I think that's one of the pluses of having an external hire is because like you're not talking with somebody who's been so ingrained that they don't want to step outside of what's their comfortable uh their comfortable boundaries or they it kind of this kind of goes into corruption a little bit where like you want someone new to kind of wean out or uh keep the ones that are all about elevating their a certain circle of friends from escalating any higher that, that that that's that might be a little too rare of a case but in the same token like i've we've seen it happen where they just have someone else come in just to kind of keep the these this small circle of friends from elevating themselves and cutting everyone else's legs from under them right what's so so for all those listening i'm i'm reading a harvard business review on the subject of why you didn't get promotions um currently as we're doing the episode um and we talked about you know uh why you didn't get it building your skills xyz and the other and then ultimately the you build your skills but you still got passed up well i'm reading this article and it talks about these two individuals both going for general manager uh roles uh in a big firm and even though the one uh, individual built their skills they were still passed up when you really look down at the fine print of everything they lost to the person you know that the person who lost that was known for being um you know was no everybody wanted to go work for them they wanted this they were well liked um people knocking down their doors trying to get part of that team but and, and the person who actually got it was known to be kind of a hard ass you know working for them was not for the faint of heart Right. Um, so when you look down at the fine print of everything, the, the, the nitty gritty reading between the lines. So it turns out, you know, while individual B who got the promotion was known to be a hard ass, people actually grew and developed under them. She knew how this person knew how to uh, build a team and build an individual so they they become better than what they were, whereas individual B, although it was liked well more, usually attracted B list team members. 
Right. Yes. So that's kind of interesting because I reading that kind of makes me reflect on myself a little bit. Um, you know, I was priding myself and still do that. I'm well liked, but am I not pushing enough or challenging enough? And is that why I answer to the people that I answer to that aren't well liked, but they push and push and push and push to expand your, your limits. I don't know. It's very interesting. That kind of, that kind of hit me a little bit in the core as I was reading through while you were talking there just a minute ago. Right. So it's it's interesting just because you're well liked doesn't mean you're effective, (laughs) a good leader or an effective leader. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And and, self-reflection there. Almost definitely. And I can definitely um, relate to that because there are times too where like you get, you get too familiar with everybody and then they just start being like your friend, not so much of your friend, but they get comfortable around you. Like they know like, oh, he's not going to make us stay late, this and that. But, and that, and I think that's one of those unwritten rules where you got to, leading people means more than just being their boss. You have to like, uh, like you said, test their boundaries, see what they're capable of doing. Or sometimes just like dropping a workload on them, say here, figure it out. And then, kind of watch them struggle a bit like you like you're there for them if they absolutely need help but at the same time you want them to kind of understand the struggle so they can adapt and figure out a style that work that's gonna help them figure things out the best way possible and that's an ongoing thing like sometimes it you feel like you're not doing enough you're not challenging people enough but at the same token like um there may not just be enough uh situations for you to let people go to that kind of a struggle. Like if your if your flight line or your throughput or your number of flights is not that many, then there's not that many opportunities for me. To, okay, uh new person who's only been here for two years, run the desk for the next two weeks. Cause there's just not enough uh going through to have that person really understand the the stresses of doing that. Uh, in the same t- in the same token, right? Like I fully understand the other person were like, yeah, I'm a hard ass, but I challenge you. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, the hard ass, okay, they attract the, they attract uh, type A individuals who want to push and who want to, want to progress. But ultimately, going back to this article, individual B was also a product of their creation. While they had worked for people who were doing the pushing and all this and that, those same type A's are micromanaging and would never allow individual B to flex their leadership muscle, right? They were micromanaged too close to that person thrived the best they could in that environment. Okay. I'm being micromanaged. So this is the best I can do. So because they're being micromanaged, everybody went, man, these, these leaders suck. I don't want to work for this. So he morphed himself into the, Hey, at least I can be a beacon of hope and light. Yes. Under these other hard ass leadership, right? Yes. And and that's definitely like a, a, a delicate balance, like for anyone in a position of uh, authority has to deal with. And like, do I be the authoritarian? Do I be the democratic leader? Do I be like a, a mixture of both? There's so many different leadership styles out there and how to effectively manage it. And it, and ultimately, it, at least how it was explained to me is it boils down to the person's character. Like, how are you, how are you as a person and how would you want to be treated? And how that how you carry yourself that way, it reflects in the people you're with. Because if you're a type A personality or you're the type of individual who strives for the best, who wants nothing but the best, it's going to 
infect everyone else around you to the point where like they want to feel and do the same thing. So like if you're like a type A personality who likes to micromanage the shit out of people for new and budding individuals, that might be the only style of leadership that they know. And this kind of goes back to an episode way back where you get a choice of whether you want to be like that person because there is no other choice or you want to be completely opposite from that person because you don't want to end up like that. And that that's kind of where we get that beacon of hope individual, which we ourselves hope that we are, that yeah, we we kind we're kind of chill and we we have a an understanding, but we don't we're not gonna just let you just slough off and get free money, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, you know, you may not have been given appropriate feedback in order to develop yourself either. Yes. Um, Article talks about managers may provide vague feedback to avoid losing a good employee. So because you're good at what you do, um, and it's unfortunate, I I see it quite a bit where, um, you know, a manager won't help promote their individual and help them grow into a new position, more money, more responsibility, whatever. Um, because they don't want to lose them. So they give them, eh, yeah, you could go over there, but really your skill sets more tailored to this. And that's happened to me uh, in, the, in a, in a prior, prior job that um, you and I were at that's happened. Like, yeah, I mean, you could do that, but really your experience and skill sets tailored towards this. So they try to make you feel good about your existing position. Yes. But are unwilling to help you grow as a, an employee of, of that company. Yes, absolutely. And that I liked how you mentioned about the, the feedback, because a lot of times your feedback comes in your, in your reviews, where they be monthly, semi-annually, annually, quarterly, whichever the case may be. You will have like those reviews where it's very, like, it's just, it's just a feel good. You know, they're talking shit, but it's kind of like a feel good. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk smack about you to the point where you're just going to flat out quit because that's also could be illegal. But I also don't want to praise you because your performance just wasn't that good. And example is just like saying like, uh, so-and-so, uh, performs within the, within the confines of their job description or something like that. It's just very, uh, vague and to the point, like so-and-so operates in a manner where requires little to no supervision and that doesn't sound bad but for someone who's like in the in the in the run for a promotion that can be a a career breaker right there like so-and-so requires little to no supervision versus so-and-so is the eminently qualified individual whose knowledge and skill is constantly sought after by their peers and and uh higher ups like, yeah, without this individual uh this oconus location would break down process would break down via lack of uh control and following processes and procedures yeah you know due to their diligence and whatever yeah um, site runs type thing i get what i'm going yeah and that's a big difference right like so-and-so acts without little to no supervision so and so is the keystone of this project, program, flight line, whatever. Like, oh, sh- hire this person right off the bat. Yeah, 
Like if this person takes a day off, it is felt, you know, like, yes, yes. And granted, okay. That just, now we're going, we're going a little bit off tangent to like how to write accurate performance reviews. But in reality, your performance reviews are getting used as ammunition for a promotion, either yes or no. And this same verbiage can also be used in your resume, which is going to yay or nay if you get hired or not. Or if you're going to get hired with a certain salary expectation, let's say that. Because <laughs> we've had that happen too. But it's, it's definitely such a huge difference. And not having that detailed feedback, either on paper or verbally in person, or whatever the phone, whatever the case is nowadays, if you're not getting that, then you don't have any means to adjust. And for all you know, you're doing everything as you feel is interpreted as right, but it doesn't, you miss the mark every single time. And your only feedback is, as well, you missed. Like, okay, cool, but where? Where did my shot land? How far am I? Um, what can I do more to make this better or, or tighten this up? I don't know, just do something different. Like, Right, and that kind of falls in what this article is saying as, as unwritten rules. They're saying unwritten rules are hard to nail down because they don't pertain to your technical ability, industry experience, or business knowledge. They relate to the soft skills that combine to give decision makers an intuitive sense of whether a candidate will succeed at the senior level. Uh, and as predictable career paths become more or less extinct, the confusion for people seeking advancement just gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. crazy. And <laughs> that's some shit. <laughs> so, uh, and I think uh, a lot of it too is when you have a boss or a hiring individual or promoting official that does not give you like a pretty deep, not a detailed plan, but at least a plan of how to get better or how to meet their expectations, then it's kind of set in stone. Like this person just doesn't either A, know how to uh, promote or doesn't want you to right and and i've seen that happen as well where and it, it they're already set in their mind that this person is not the person that they want to be hanging out in their club so they'll say whatever however just to keep you motivated enough to do your job but not so motivated that you want to step out of your boundaries either explore new options or to challenge them in front of everybody else because uh their method of uh, leadership is not making the cut so to say <laughs> sure yeah um y- you know there's i don't know how i want to say this it's um you know I- i'm guilty of it myself you know i've had members of my team come to me and say hey i'm contemplating moving on oh snap okay well first can i ask you know uh, what made you decide to start looking elsewhere? Well, some say, hey, look, I just want to grow or I'm kind of tired of this. And I want to try something new. Some say they're they're real. Hey, uh, I don't like um, leadership above you. Um, I don't like the hours we work. They're too sporadic, whatever else, you know. Okay, yeah. was well, there anything I can do? You know, what can I do? Can I change your shifts? Can I give you more response. Am I not giving you enough responsibility here? Do you want more responsibility? Am I not challenging you enough? And if, you know, ultimately at the end of the conversation, if they're like, you know, cause some I've been able to, to retain and, and, and kind of make them more happy in the positions that they were in, not that they were unhappy, but 
give them a kind of sense of purpose maybe again. But yes. other, others I've lost. And as soon as they say, no, I think I'm trying to move on. My next response is great. How can I help you? Yes. You need a letter of rec. Who's the hiring manager? Can I reach out to them on your behalf? Would you like me to do that? You know, um, yes. I'll do whatever I can to help you get in your position. I've written, you know, well, uh, astounding letters of recs, uh, you know, really just highlighting individuals. Yes. You know, basically like, like, look, I hate to lose this person, but you'd be a fool not to hire them. Yes. And that's part of the leading. And that's part of the one of the unwritten skills is leading people. Like sometimes you just got to know that you know, what you are, have available to offer this person isn't, isn't enough to meet their new growing demands. Right. Not, and sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's not. But other times it's like this person just not he, he he or she needs more responsibility, be it new challenges, be it uh, a new setting, whatever the case may be. And that's part of the leading people. And that also goes into like building a coalition where like you've networked enough where they know if you stamp your name on it, then this is grade A. You should act on this. And we kind of mentioned this on previous episodes where like um, our signature means like this is good to go. Like we've checked all the boxes we did everything to the manuals we ensure that the maintenance was done correctly or the plane was geared up ready to do its thing uh, correctly so you don't even need to screen this as hard so likewise if you're developing people and sending them off to uh, greener pastures if you say like this person is grade a good to go you are a fool for not hiring this person oh this is coming from mvp and six solid i know these people know how to grow people if that makes any sort of sense yeah like you know that hey where did they come from oh they came from xyz department on that program oh wow uh dude hire now yep like you know if you don't believe me talk to their boss yes now uh shifting gears a bit now let's say like um you got offered a promotion right like your hard work paid off and you're getting offered a, a position of higher responsibility where it be maintenance control, being a shift lead, a shop lead, a division lead, uh, or say some of the higher executives, like you are going to be this. I'm like, oh, now, before we jump into that real quick, there's still some more stuff um, I'd like to touch on. Oh, for sure. With the as, you know, as to why you didn't get it. Yep, for sure. So there's, there's these, we were just talking about these <clears throat> uh, um, unwritten rules. And they're saying there's three categories to these unwritten rules. Non-negotiables, mm, which are the yes. fundamental factors without which an executive will not be considered for promotion. Ooh. Perhaps it's a, a, hey, to be the maintenance lead, you have to have an A&P. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. You got to be able to relate to these people, to your to your people at that level. Like you should at least know what training and stuff it takes to get to where they're at. If you're going to lead those individuals, right? But perhaps it's okay. This while you're applying for the CFO of an organization, chief financial officer, and you have zero accounting experience. Like, eh, hey, I was a professional. I was a professional bow tire uh, as a seasonal help at a Christmas, uh, you know, <laughs> a Christmas, Christmas packaging place. Like what? <laughs> okay. Well, how does that, how does that make me run a company worth 
a Fortune 500 company, right? How does that how does that help me there? I need somebody who knows accounting. Yep. It's those kind of things, you know. Uh hey, I you're going to be working uh a Gulfstream G650. Well, all you have is a Cessna 182 experience. Well, yeah, some of that translates, but like if you're applying to be the the chief uh mechanic, you should probably have some hands on and some time in on a G650 airframe or or something similar, right? Like well, or yeah, or uh, at least a, a jet of similar size and then operation. Right. Or a Gulfstream in general, just a Gulfstream platform in general. Yeah. Um so those are like non-negotiables. Um, the next uh, category, deselection factors. These are the characteristics that eliminate an otherwise qualified candidate from consideration. So, okay, being the director of maintenance requires 15 years uh, maintenance experience uh, on whatever platforms must hold whatever certifications. Okay, well, I've only got eight years experience and three out of the five certifications. Okay, sorry. Or you're applying to be a age mechanic, your ground your ground support equipment, and your resume says nowhere in it the word mechanic or maintenance or whatever. Like, okay, that nope, you know. Mm-hmm. So those are deselection factors. Um, the last one is core selection factors. These are what ultimately dictate promotion decisions. They exhibit key factors in executive career advancement. Um, you know, and, and your factors are different from company to company. But so your <clears throat> key factors, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those are uh, you have a uh, airframe and power plant. You also carry an EASA license. Okay, well. You know, and then you have a, a bachelor's in 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 uh, aviation maintenance, and you got you got fifteen years experience, and you got all this and that, and you say, okay, well, well, how how okay, well, tell me in there what's a key factor for advancement. We're you know we're, okay, well, let's say we're based out of Indianapolis. Well, why should he get promoted? I've got the same time. Yeah, but that individual carries the Yasa license, and we want to expand our our businesses abroad. We want to attract, we want to attract European customers or we want to attract, you know, maybe you get the Canadian license or, or, or wherever, but let's just say, and you can say why we're promoting them because they understand what it took to get that license to operate there. They know the rules and regs. They can help us as the corporation develop a, uh, a business growth plan to attract foreign customers to expand the business. Yes. Yes. And that kind of stuff. And we're just not to say like, like uh, everything has to be strictly paper, right? Like, Oh, I have such and such cert. I went to such and such school. I went to such and such uh, uh, training or whatever the case may be, because then you start turning into just like, well, you have all, all this time to do training. Well, what if this is actual hands-on work? Like, what did you actually do? <laughs> right? Because we've had that too, where we have individuals like their resumes are stacked with certifications, licenses, experiences, and all this and that. It just looks fantastic. 
But then you look at it and it says, why you spent a lot of time in training or you did all this while being just an average mechanic or an average whatever. Something something ain't mathing, right? But that this kind of goes into resume writing again because you want to at least explain like, this was the situation. This is the task you had to do. This is what you directly influence. And then here was the result. Like, if you can explain it in that fashion, it doesn't matter what your certifications are, barring the bare minimums that they're that the job requires. Freaking solid, sold. As long as you meet the 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 key requirements to or the non-negotiables, anything else outside of that is just more is just um more reasons to select you or not. So example is like the relevance, right? Like I have I have experience in aircraft maintenance, cool, but have you ever touched this airframe once, if at ever? No. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you could say, you could say, okay, you're applying to my director of maintenance position. Okay, fine. Um, you have, you know, two years experience though. Well, yeah, but I have a doctorate from Embry-Riddle. Sure. Yeah. Um, or no, let's put it to you this way. Uh, you're applying to an AOG. Right, you're applying to to somebody who's going to be working out of a road truck, working on the line in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere. Okay, well, you got two years experience. Yeah, yeah, but I have a doctorate. Yeah, but how does your doctorate benefit what I need for that fast team, for that road crew? Well, I'm, I'm qualified. Yeah, on paper. On paper, but I need experience now. I need somebody who's turnkey. I need somebody who knows five different platforms at least yep. that I can send out tonight and know that they're going to do a good job. You know, whereas you, oh, oh, and they're going to, you know, we can pay them a, a, a reasonably good wage where you're going to be asking for way too much because you have student loans to pay off. Look, I get it. I get it. You got to start somewhere, but also understand that just because you have all these things, doesn't mean the position you're applying for is right. Like McDonald's isn't going to hire a neurosurgeon (laughs) to work the counter. Why? You know? Yeah. Yes. Could they do the job? Sure. But why is McDonald's going to pay $150,000 a year for a neurosurgeon to work behind the counter? It's just kind of, you know, also know what you're applying for, know what you're, Know what your limitations are too, and to what you're applying to. Yes. Yeah, shoot for the moon. I'll tell everybody that. Shoot for the moon. Go for gold. What's the worst you're going to hear? No, heard it a whole bunch in my time. Going to hear it a whole bunch more. Yep. Um, and and that, and that, and I think that's a good segue into the next topic. It's like, yeah, shoot for the moon, but you also got to know, like, once you're up there, you got to start. You got to start working. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't don't be wishing to go into space and you're not prepared to be an astronaut. <laughs> well, yeah, because the rubber is going to hit the road and, and either you're going to burn out or you're going to you're going to end up at 300 miles an hour down the track. You know, that that kind of reminds me of uh, Armageddon, the movie Armageddon, where they take a bunch of hole drillers, like oil well hole drillers, and they make put them up to be astronauts. And these guys have no freaking clue what the hell is going on. So you, it's it's pretty comedic, like. Watching them struggle to do the basics of astronaut work and kind of sort of aviation work. But at the same time, like, this is what we got. <laughs> here's, three, here's your three days of training. Let's, let's move on. And it sounds great. 
but they but the rubber's got to hit the road, like what MVP said, and you're gonna start having to start uh, coming up with some deliverables that you may or may not be ready to to do or to put some effort to, and that kind of goes into like why you would not want a promotion, and this can range from a number of factors because, I mean, that sounds kind of counterintuitive, right? Like, why would I not want more money? Ah, but. Here, here's the kicker, because sometimes, you know, there's a reason why you get more money is because this is what we're going to afford you on top of all the things that we're going to take from you. <laughs> yeah, more money, more gray hair. I'm prime example of that. <laughs> I am not that old, and I and most people think I'm early 50s. <laughs> most people think I'm about 20 to 25 years older than what I really am. You, and that you know is from it? stress. So what are you willing to give up? Yeah, you get more money. But you're also, the stress level is increased. You are expected to perform. And if your team falls short, it falls on you. Yes. Not on your team. You can handle your in-house team however you choose. But from the upper echelons of corporate, it falls on you. Yes. And And then, and then, um, you know, you're expected to be on call. You have all these additional duties. Your day doesn't always end. At five o'clock. Yep. You know? Yep. You, and, especially, and especially if you're something like a lead or higher, like it's almost a given for you to show up an hour early or one to two hours early and then stay one to two hours late. Or like you said, like on call, like your day, just because you're not at work doesn't mean your day has ended. And those are one of the things that I personally kind of hate it because I kind of like to like once I leave work, I don't want to have that osmosis into my family's life. But I mean, that is constant effort, right? Anybody who's ever been in a leadership role knows how difficult it is to turn it off when you get home. Like, you know, your your spouse will listen to you for so long, but eventually they're going to go, fuck you, my day sucked too. You know? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And that's the reality of it. Has my spouse told me that? Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, you betcha she's told me. uh, I don't fucking care. My day sucked too. Uh Quit being a baby. Get over yourself. Either quit and find a new job or figure out a way to get through it. Ooh. All right. Oh, Sorry. Damn, I was just damn. trying to find someone to vent to. Thought would listen. Well, it's not me anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got you. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, so that's, that's kind of, um, that's, yeah, that's something that's very hard to do. So there's trade offs with everything, right? And sometimes not yes. getting that promotion ends up being a blessing in disguise, right? I've had people who went up for the same job I got and they came back, they came to me six months later and went, thank God. I, I mean, hey, they're like, hey, I don't mean this to anything negative, but I'm glad I didn't get your spot because I see what you've been going through the past six months and oh, that seems terrible. And you're like, hmm, it kind of has been terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Or, uh, uh, I've I've seen the opposite end where you've you've dodged the bullet like uh, it sounded really good but it just wasn't something that was in the cards for you like you weren't a- you weren't able to do the move or you weren't able to work the hours something along the lines like like I can't do that right now but if you present it to me in the future I will take it and then you see the person that did get selected and you just see like just hell getting rang out of them right like their livelihood is just being wrung out like a like a wet rag I'm like. Oh, damn. I mean, six hears it for me via text or conversation daily, weekly. (laughs) 
I'm like, oh man, I, that's rough. And yeah, a little gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, we've been in those in positions before, both as regular technicians and as up and coming management. Like, it's always easy to talk shit about the person that's in the hot seat, right? It's always easy to talk shit until you're the one in the seat. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, oh shit, uh, I never thought I'd actually be in the in the chair. So, uh, well, fuck, well, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's um. What's that uh, one TV show with uh, Regis Philbin um, who wants to be a millionaire, right? When you're watching it on the t- on your TV, you're screaming out, the right answer is this. The right answer is this. You're so fucking dumb. Like, well, the right answer is this. How do you not know that? But then when you get put in the seat, some of the simplest questions, like it just blows your brain. Like it, it can't connect because you're so tense and you're so uh, fired up to find the right answer. Like how many colors of the rainbow are there? Ah, oh, fuck. Twelve. <laughs> yeah and you're like then they're going roy g bird fuck what was that what was that acronym <laughs> right i and it's real again it's real easy and then sometimes like uh like the promotion itself or the demands of the job is just too much for you to handle right like it sounded all great in your head it's like yeah i can do this i or you get that that common phrase that people say is like, just accept it and then figure it out as you're doing it. Like, sure that that works for like, yeah, I think Richard Branson had a quote about that. If somebody offers you a job, just take it and figure it out along the way. Okay. I guess some success can be had that way, but it'd be like me. Hey, we're in, we're at fit. We're at 30,000 feet in an airliner. Hey, uh, MVP, how'd you like to be a pilot? Man, I've always kind of wanted to be a pilot. Great. Today's your, today's the day. They put <laughs> your little cap on you, pin the wings on your chest, sit you in the seat and say, good luck landing. And you're like, what? Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. There should now. be something else in here. Like, no, no, just figure it out <laughs> along the way. Uh, <laughs> you know? And that kind of reminds me of like a bunch of jokes. I think a lot of pilots or private pilots do this. I think it's like a rite of passage or some shit. Whenever they get their license, they like whenever they step into an airline, they kind of like just look at the actual crew in the flight deck and say like, hey, uh, just letting you know, uh, I'm in the back if you need me. You know, just trying to flex that they got a license. I'm like, cool. Thanks. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we got it. On top of the two of us being here and the freaking robot that's programmed into the plane, I think we got it. <laughs> if we need you, then we're... All the redundancies in the world have failed and you're no longer flying a plane. You're like basically trying to coast a missile into the ground safe as safe as possible. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah that, I'm, that's that's about that's about kind of what it is. Um one thing you can do though is you're trying to improve yourself, right? Say so you get passed up and you're okay, what can I do? Well, you know, uh active or attentive listening, right, and know how to ask questions. Yes. So let's say I work for six. Six is, hey, gonna, you know, we're gonna go with so and so over here. They just, they got, uh, they got more of the uh, corporate business savvy that's uh, needed in this position to bridge this gap between the hangar and the offices. Okay, cool, understood. But six, what can I do? What can I do to improve myself? So when the next, uh, as we grow and the next position comes available, that I can be more prepared to step in this role. Well, just, you know, 
work on your skills. Well, no, what specific skills do I need? Is it communicating? Uh, is it my ethics and integrity? Um, is it, is it uh, my writing skills? Is it my forms? Uh, is it my knowledge base? Like what, what specifically do I need to work on? And most people, you know, don't want to give negative feedback. I understand. I, I don't like doing it either. I, I abhor, I abhor doing it. So I can go, Hey six, what can I work on? Hey man, just you're, you're doing good ultimately, but just this, no, no, no. I got Pat, like, what, what can, what could I have done to make me a contender for that spot? Uh, like a real contender. Well, look, <clears throat> look, MVP, somebody going into that role really needs to have uh, an understanding of uh, uh, at least a, a rudimentary understanding of financials. Oh, okay. Copy. How can I do that? Okay. Can I get involved in your means when you're filling out these? Can you explain to me what you're filling out and where these numbers are pulled from? Right. It shows you you're trying to improve yourself, but it forces them to actually give you like a solid answer. Not right. just, not just, ah, oh, you're doing good, man. Just, just keep working at it. Right. I, I work at what? What am I working towards? Or, or the, here's the regulations, figure it out. I'm like, uh, cool, I guess. Yeah, like, here's, the, a pretty thick here's, the, here's the FARs. Here's the FARs. Uh, just read through the whole book and you should be fine. Like all of it? Oh, all of it? <laughs> like, I, I don't think everything in there pertains to maintenance. Now I'll read through the 4313 again. Maybe the part 121 and the part 91. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. But I don't a good know start. if I need to know anything about. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I need to know anything about uh, supplier quality and parts manufacturing because I'm not doing that job. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just do that. Like, ah, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot. <laughs> well, if I have to learn everything, I guess the next position I'll be applying for will be the CEO spot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and make that leap now. <laughs> and it also it also helps, right? If you get like that gradual transition, right? And that kind of boil comes into the effective leadership of it all, too, right? Like, hey, you're the new kid on the on the line. I'm gonna start teaching you, like third year mechanic stuff or fourth year mechanic stuff, like something like a little bit, just a tad bit more advanced than what you're used to. And just like slowly, slowly build you up that way. Or like in our case, right? Like here, here's this form, figure it out, learn it. And then if you have any questions, just give me a ring. And then, oh, good. You get your proficient of this. Now do this one. Like, or now do this one. Right. And then just slowly uh, osmosis them into the whole inner workings of how things work. Now, Ideally, that's what you want. But sometimes, you know, like positions become vacant and they need it filled right away. And it's like, okay, which one of you is the most capable of learning things fast? All right, you, let's go. Uh, <laughs> you know, like which one of you is most likely to not crash this plane? Like, you're, you, you look like you read uh, uh, clear and, and good. Let's go. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I need you to do an engine change. We have a revenue flight in... Uh, 15 hours so I need really need you to hit a home run for me well is the old engine off or is at least decaled 
Oh, no, it just pulled into chocks. And you want the engine changed and done and ready for a revenue flight in 15 hours? Yeah, yeah, hit a home run for us. But, okay, now, you know I don't have any engine experience, right? Well, just follow the manual. You should be fine. See, well, yes, but but in 15 hours, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. Like, it's almost unfair sometimes when they, some of the stuff they, that the reasons you're not given the position. Now, sometimes you just never had a chance. Yeah. And they'll use stuff like that. Unfair, unfair situations. Like, well, we need you to hit them run here. And we end up missing that revenue flight. And unfortunately, that's why we couldn't promote you. Okay. Well, you know, if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, (laughs) you know, what, what are we doing? Right. Like you, you can't ask a, fro- a frog to dance, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'll try to go with it. Like, okay, like, and if you can, why are you working here? Yeah, <laughs> for and that kind of says a lot. I'm kind of backtracking when we had the girl, the women from the Elevate team, or anyone from the AMC competition. Like, here's a task. You got 15 minutes. Here's the manual. Figure it out. Go. Ah, uh, and then. Uh, some of those individuals, like they were able to do a task which they've never done in their life in way less of a time than they expected to. But that kind of goes into like testing your abilities, like where you're having the fundamental skills and then you kind of sort of figure it out. That's different from, I've never done this before. I have no idea what it's, what it entails. I don't have the core abilities yet to fully understand the scale, but yet you want me to do it in in a way less of a time that's on a normal day. I'm like, uh, I mean, expect mistakes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> expect mistakes. Well, yeah. Or vice versa, right? You put on your resume, uh, skilled Pratt and Whitney engine specialist. Oh, fantastic. Hey, we need you to go change out three AGB seals and, uh, and uh, blend out some nicks in the in your N one in your N one blades, and uh, also replace two EGTs. Uh, you know, can you do that for us? Sure. And two days later, you're not done, and everybody's going. Weren't you like a seasoned Pratt and Whitney mechanic with whatever certifications? Like, what's uh, going on? So, also fake it till you make it. Yeah. Doesn't always work too, or it'll expose you really quick. And, and now, if you if you're that person and you get passed up, I can't believe I got passed up. Well, well, we have some we have some integrity things. I think we need to discuss. Yeah, the the fake it till you make it thing. I could understand it like as a mindset thing, but like uh, as a no kidding, like I have never, I have no fucking clue what this is, but I'm gonna try to figure it out anyway. I'm like that might not be in your best interest. Right. And then I say that in the, in the sense, like, because if it's a mindset thing, like fake it till you make it, like have the mindset of a CEO and have the mannerisms of a of a director of maintenance and manifest it for yourself. Right. And that makes sense. You're faking it until you make it. But flat out, like saying, like, I know how to do this. I am an expert at this. And then you get put to the test and you have no fucking clue what you're doing. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's not going to work out for us, friend. Uh, I, I yeah, it's one of the. Or, or the dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Well, I think some of our viewers would find it very un, unsettling of me to 
show up on the line in in my slippers and silk pajamas because I want to be a stay-at-home trophy husband. <laughs> uh, but I need to go out there and do, you know, post-flight inspections. They might there might be some issues. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I'm still kind of up for that though. I mean, by all means, feel free to just uh shower me with with uh, your riches. <laughs> <laughs> just take care of me, damn it! <laughs> just because I'm looking for a sugar daddy doesn't mean I shouldn't get this position. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> and so we we talked quite a bit, and we we went off a bunch of tangents, right? But it, it boils down to like what MVP said earlier: you have to have that that solid feedback or that active listening. You got to have that interpersonal skill to know where your gaps are. And if you don't know what it is or you can't find like feedback from your direct uh, supervisor of what you're missing at, you can kind of see it like on the results, like, st- like start canvassing around like, hey, like what are some gaps? Maybe not directly blame it on yourself, but say like, hey, what are some gaps that we can improve on, make things better? And then that can start being your driver to innovate things or to figure out ways to make things better, whatever the case may be. And sometimes, you know, like just taking lead on a project that no one had any sight on could just be the key to getting you that spot that you've been looking for or give you some insight. Like, yeah, I probably I thought it was cool. But after seeing like just the little nuances that work its way up there, probably not something I want anymore because <laughs> we've had that happen too. like it sounds all cool until you start climbing that ladder. and like, yeah, this ain't this ain't it. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but this ain't it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know what I was searching for, but I haven't found it. Not not doing the route that I thought I was supposed to. Yes. And that that's what led us to turn down some positions ourselves because it sounded great on paper or it sounded great for the people who are currently in it. But then as you're working your way towards it or as you start taking on tasks that run similar to what that is, it starts to become very apparent. Like, you know what, maybe this isn't what I was looking for. Like it sounded cool. The uh, example is like freaking being like a like a fighter pilot, right? Sounds fantastic. Everybody wants to be Maverick and Goose and all that stuff until you figure out like all the trainings you got to go through just to get there. Like, yeah, this ain't it. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to be a Marsock or they want to be a SEAL or a Green Beret until they realize that that people shoot back, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, right. There's a reason why they're the 1% for, a re- uh, you know, like. Like 99% washout rate. Holy shit. Right. So it, it says a lot. Sometimes like uh, the spot that you're looking for isn't what you're really looking for. And that'd be a good reason why to turn it down. There's other factors, of course, like uh, things you don't want to sacrifice or things that you don't want to pay too much of to get a little. And sometimes like MVP, as MVP said earlier, like you missing that promotion is actually a blessing in disguise because something better have has opened up. Uh, around the same time, if not in the near late future, after the fact, like I wanted real bad to be like this, this uh, director of maintenance for this site. It didn't work out, but oh hey, they got another site over here. It's brand new, or it it has more along the things that I'm more familiar with. So maybe I'm gonna go over there and see if I can succeed there, and it end up working out for you for you, or line line supervisor. Uh, technician, lead, crew chief, whatever the case may be, 
sometimes it's not what you think it is at first. And that could get be just a maturity thing. But other times it might call for you to do things that you're just not prepared or ready to do at the time or at the time of, uh, of the position. Yeah, well said. Yeah, man, that was that was heavy. That was pretty heavy. <laughs> I <I've, laughs> actually did like a full life reflection here for a second because there were times where uh, you and I we've talked about this too. Like there was a position we totally wanted it, or we sounded like we wanted it. We applied for it. We got uh, up and up in the interviews, and then as they're interviewing, like yeah, this doesn't sound like it. Like uh, the questions alone. The questions alone. Just, yeah. Pull yeah. my application out of this. <laughs> yeah, right. Or it 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 wouldn't break your heart that they didn't select you. You can, it's one of those where you're kind of hoping that they don't. <laughs> so at least you don't have to turn them down. <laughs> yeah, you start reading through it and you're like, you know what? This isn't what I thought it was. Because because somebody might tell you, oh, I think you should apply for this. It'd be a great opportunity. Blah blah. blah. Okay, yeah. You get all excited and whatever else. And then you go. Then you really sit down and read the description of it and the duties and the responsibilities and the whatever about it. And you go, okay, wow, that's, that's a lot. Like, okay, I'm doing like three different people's jobs here. What's the pay band? Just cry. That's like less than what I make in overtime now. Why the hell would I sign up for that? You know what I mean? Yep. Or or vice versa, like you know, you, you get a high monetary amount, but your benefits and all the other stuff that you greatly depend on is not there no more. So like what what you expect the pay band to be is actually a lot smaller. And like after you apply all the changes, I'm like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> yep. So I guess my conclusion would be uh you didn't get the promotion. Uh while it is disheartening, don't get discouraged. Uh, use it as a learning experience. Use the interview as a as a what to expect when interviewing with those uh, upper positions. Uh, develop new sets of questions for yourself. Learn how you can grow as a as a person, and uh, keep trying. Yes, and then always keep with that progressive growth, right? Like as MVP said, like sometimes you know you you just haven't had enough exposure of something, so volunteer for it. Uh, one of our listeners, actually one of Stig's great friends was mentioning like every time they will get put on a job, it can be a dirty job or a very in-depth, like this will take a while job and they just volunteer. Like, hey, you're going to go do this. Psh, let's do it. Or, hey, we need you to stay late to do uh, to make sure this gets done correctly. Psh, let's do it. Right. Just so you can get that exposure. It's not like you're trying to screw yourself over, but you're doing that exposure because it actually helps you in the long run and where other people say they don't want to do it because they just don't want to put in that extra effort or they just not don't have the energy for it, that all that extra time that will actually work out for you when you do step up for those newer positions or higher positions. And if uh, any of you ever have any questions about resumes, about having to put all those experiences and, and uh, personal and professional growth onto paper, please, by all means, let us know. Like We've read through many a resume and it's starting to become a talent where we can pick through the bullshit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you can like, really, you can really see when somebody you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. 
or like uh, the announcement says this, but then they droll on about all this extra stuff. Like this is cool, but it's not relevant. By all means, like if you have something like that, or you just want like a, a second look, by all means, hit us up. Let us know either on our emails, our social medias, or or even better on our Discord uh, from Patreon. That will give you full access to us, and we can uh, help you out with whatever uh, topic that we that you need assistance on. If we have some ability to help you directly, we'll totally will. And if we don't, we'll find some means to get you to someone who can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, also, we also have a a, uh, a comic series out on Tapas on the Tapas app. It documents a lot of the stuff that we experience on the line as mechanics and, and as we've progressed in our managerial life. And then also other experiences from our listeners who have shared their stories with us. Like it's a little bit exaggerated granted because it's a comic, but that's part of the storytelling flair, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, it's something that actually has happened and it's probably continually happening right now. And by all means, check those out, give us some feedback, subscribe to us and let us know. Uh, what you guys think and then if you join us on discord uh through patreon for like as little as a dollar we can actually talk about some topics of what you would like to see as a story or what kind of story that you would like to have as a learning point for the next generation on on that note we appreciate all of you for listening and we will catch you all again on the next time bye everybody we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Caleb Stockhill, Jenny Dignan, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks such as access to our private Discord, discounts on and early access to merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. Visit our shop at cancelformainness.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have suggestions for the show or have a guest recommendation to be on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at our website and we will do what we can to get your ideas and or your recommendations on the show. You can also follow us on social media, such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast. Twitter at CXMX Podcast. And now you can catch us on Tapas, where you can view our latest comics. Check out our affiliate, RockwellTime.com, for watches and eyewear that support both your sporty and classy lifestyles. Use the code CX4MX, that's the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total purchase. Thank you all again for your listenership and support, and we will see you all next time.